I'm Haley B. Miller, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends. Welcome to Ohio Politics Explained, the sore loser edition. Today, we're talking about Larry Householder's appeal, which companies get to frack under Ohio parks, why Donald Trump Jr. came to Butler County this week, and how Republicans want to change campaign finance laws. With me this week is the one and only Jesse Ballmer. Thanks for having me. Before we get going, a quick reminder. If you like OPE, you can help us out a lot by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Our first topic is Householder's long-awaited appeal in the House Bill 6 case. He was convicted of racketeering last year for orchestrating a big old bribery scheme to get campaign donations and help First Energy. He got a whopping 20 years in prison for that charge. In the appeal, Householder's attorneys said the judge was biased and prosecutors overstepped their authority. They also argued this was par for the course in politics, which, I mean, no? I I mean, certainly uh, the jury would think otherwise. They convicted him of orchestrating this large pay-to-play scheme where he took money from Akron-based First Energy, among others, and used that to get elected, pass a bill that helps that company, and then defend it against this rather extensive ballot campaign to try to block it. And so, but he has maintained his innocence throughout this entire thing, has really expressed no regret for his role in this whole situation. So it comes as no surprise that the appeal is really in line with that. He is saying that he and his attorneys are saying that the prosecutors didn't prove a quid pro quo occurred, that there was no like express, here's the paper bag of money moment for Larry Householder. And so this case should, you know, fall apart on that. He, there were some other arguments he was making, for example, that 20 year prison sentence, which is the maximum. Uh, they were saying that the judge calculated it wrong, that maybe it should have been based on a smaller number, which would have resulted in fewer years in prison. There's also these um, accusations against the judge who oversees this. Uh, judge Timothy Black at one point ran for the Ohio Supreme Court as a Democrat and didn't win. Uh, but Larry Householder was critical of his campaign back in the in the day. And so a Householder and his attorneys are saying that Black could be biased. And so the attorneys are asking for one of a few things, right? Either throw it out altogether, another trial or a different prison sentence. Yeah, that's right. They're saying, you know, I think they're open to a variety of options. I think if there's a new trial, they would certainly want it under a different judge than Judge Black. But yes, maybe the calculation could end up being different. There are even some like smaller arguments about a juror who was kicked off because he didn't want to wear a mask and didn't have a COVID-19 test back and the judge dismissed him from the jury. And I think uh, the householder's criminal trial team would have liked that guy to stay on the trial on the jury. And remind us, while this appeals process plays out, where is householder? Where is he serving his sentence? So he is still in a federal prison in Ohio. He's about as far from home as uh, Matt Borges, who was also sentenced, is from his home. Borges is in a a Michigan federal prison, but not tremendously far, but, you know, still not in his backyard anymore. I should know this. Has Borges appealed yet? He has. He his attorneys actually got their got their paperwork together a little bit sooner and um, making a variety of arguments, including that the fifteen thousand dollar check that he gave to Tyler Furman, a political operative, wasn't actually a bribe. 
All right. Also this week, we got a big update on state park fracking. An Ohio commission decided which companies get to drill for oil and gas under Salt Fork State Park and two wildlife areas. One is Valley Run Wildlife Area in Carroll County, and the other is Upper Neck Wildlife Area in Columbiana County. Monday's meeting came after a lot of secrecy about who applied for bids, which it should be noted, is allowed under state law. Opponents of fracking packed the meeting and had even gone to court to keep it from happening. Jesse, you were there. Set the scene for us. Yeah, so there is this commission that probably not many people have heard of. It's the Ohio Oil and Gasoline Management Commission, and we were kind of in a room. They're seated up in the front, and there were opponents who had signs that were, you know, saying Governor Mike DeWine is a climate criminal or... And so forth. And then as the meeting got going, there were people in like bags with phrases like um, like famine and, and, and climate change and so forth like that on them. Um, there were definitely oppor- there was a point when we were waiting for um, the video to keep going that folks were asking questions of the commission. And so these have been really like heated, really personal for the for the opponents of this kind of meetings. It's not like your average government hearing. And so now that the companies have been awarded these leases, they can go ahead and do their thing. Right. And I think the company that is going to frack under Salt Fork said that they would start by January of next year. Yeah, correct. So Finally, when these are awarded, Infinity Natural Resources, of a company out of West Virginia, was awarded the Salt Fork bid. And then Encino Energy, which is out of Texas, was awarded the bids for these two wildlife areas and also a number of ODOT properties. Really, one of the surprising things about this meeting was we thought Encino Energy was the company that was going to be drilling under Salt Fork. So it was kind of threw us for a loop that Infinity Natural Resources was the one that got it. Encino had actually, you know, put in a bid and then and then relinquished it. And there was another company that was interested, but only provided like a partial application. So uh, part of the challenge of this was all of it was secret until the winners were announced. But from this point on, they'll be kind of moving on with the lease process and eventually drilling. When is the state going to start accepting bids on other state parks or are they? So it could happen at any time. The process kind of goes a company that wants to do oil and gas drilling under state land submits this thing called a nomination. It's basically here's the land that we would be generally interested in and here's why it should be allowed. The commission has to approve the nomination and then they open it up for everyone to apply. So obviously the company that kind of sets up the nomination has a bit of a benefit in their application going forward. Interesting. All right, let's talk about Donald Trump Jr. He was in Butler County with Vivek Ramaswamy the other day to campaign for Bernie Moreno. Moreno is one of the Republicans running an Ohio Senate primary, and he got the crowning jewel, former President Trump's endorsement. The nod has definitely helped Moreno's campaign, but he's not resting on his laurels. Hence, events like this. Here's what Trump Jr. had to say about Moreno and his opponents. 
because Republicans have moved away from the Washington, D.C. swamp establishment. If you want the party of Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney, that's his competition. Bernie Moreno is the only America first candidate in this race. He's the only one that's not pro-amnesty. He's the only one willing to fight for those citizens who isn't just going to become part of the swamp and the establishment. The choice could not be more clear. How much do these visits from Trump surrogates matter, do you think? I will say, to state the obvious, the number one surrogate is the former president himself. And so we'll just see if uh, Donald Trump comes to Ohio before the primary. That'll be really interesting. I think having Donald Trump Jr. here helps. Having Vivek Ramaswamy here helps. But there's really no substitute for that like number one surrogate. Yeah, Moreno said that he's not sure if Trump will be here before the primary. And Trump Jr. noted that the former president has a few court cases on his docket lately. So whether he's out campaigning as much as usual, especially before the primary, I think is an open question. Yeah, and it's a situation where I think Donald Trump loves Ohio. He's won it twice by eight percentage points. But there are also states where it might be tighter or like more important to be before the before the primaries are over. And pivoting back to the Senate race, there are still a lot of undecided voters. And because of Trump endorsement is so important in a Republican primary, Moreno and his allies are really trying to get that message out there. You heard Trump Jr. saying... And Butler County that he's our guy, you know, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. There's a Club for Growth ad in support of Moreno that I think has the word Trump on it in every shot, you know, to note that he is the one to note that Moreno is the one being backed by Trump. So I guess it's on Moreno to kind of get that out to voters and make sure they know that before March 19th. Right. And I think it's partially because people don't know Bernie Moreno very well. Perhaps even outside of the Cleveland area, he's probably not a name that you've heard of if you're trying to think of like names of random politicians or political candidates. And so that's why the the Trump brand is so important to him. This primary, you have also Ohio Secretary of State uh, Frank LaRose, who has been on the Republican ballot before, and uh, State Senator Matt Dolan, who, again, probably less known outside of the Cleveland area, but has been in Ohio politics for a minute. So yeah, that's what he's trying to fight, name recognition. Our last topic today is a Senate bill that aims to change campaign finance rules. Specifically, Republicans want to prevent non-citizens from donating to ballot issues like the one Ohioans passed in November to codify abortion rights. This is not so subtly related to the abortion amendment, which is why Dems are calling it the sore loser bill. But it could also affect smaller scale stuff like liquor options, right? Yeah. So basically what this bill would do would be prevent foreign individuals from contributing to ballot campaigns. There already are bans on them contributing to individual candidates, even down to like your local city council candidates. And so it would add to that. And in a lot of ways, that sounds like an idea that has passed in other states. It really becomes political because it's tied to this one Swiss billionaire who had given money to a group called the 1630 Fund, which then has contributed to three Ohio campaigns recently. But this bill has other things in it, and that's a part that Democrats are particularly concerned about. It would require anyone who is running a ballot campaign to be a PAC 
And that makes sense if you're running a statewide campaign. But the example that one of the senators gave was if some if a local town wants to set up a stop sign because there was someone who had been injured crossing a street there recently, would they have and they want to, you know, get some signs and T-shirts, do they now have to like form a political action committee and like go through a whole process in order to proceed with that? And so it could be one of the unintended consequences of this bill. We'll see if this has um, much momentum in the Ohio House. It's been really hard to tell whether the Senate priorities are House priorities. Right. And it's interesting, too. And I think your story noted this, that obviously Larry Householder in prison for a scheme that very much had to do with dark money and Democrats and to a lesser extent, some Republicans have tried to get reforms in place in the wake of householders conviction, dealing with campaigns, dark money, that kind of thing. And those things have not gone anywhere like at all. Correct. Yeah, this bill was passed right before the primary. And so it has all the implications therein. But yeah, a lot of the proposals on campaign finance reform are things like requiring reporting of donors or, you know, maybe above a certain threshold or limiting what C4s can do in Ohio uh, political campaigns, because if someone wants to donate to a candidate to their actual campaign, your name is going to be on a list. It'll show up on campaign finance reports. But if a company wants to give millions of dollars to, for example, Larry Householder to get elected to the Ohio Speaker, that's information that you might never know. And the thought process is, is if this is more transparent, perhaps people either wouldn't do it or you know would do it more responsibly. And one more thing before you go. Keep your eyes peeled next week for two special episodes on the Ohio primary. We'll bring you up to speed on state races and discuss Ohio's role in the 2024 presidential race. Yeah, there's so much on the ballot this year from the Supreme Court to the Ohio Senate race to the state house races. So hopefully this will help you get a, a good primer. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Ohio Explained. Thank you.